Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Is That Really Legal? with Eric Rubin. Uh, I'm very excited to have yet another amazing uh, person on this podcast. Uh, Ellen Murphy is an artist, a tattoo artist, and I think I have seven tattoos and she's done six of them. Uh, we met when she was living in Boston and I was living in Boston and that's when I got those tattoos done. Um, and she is just another one of these fascinating women that you never get to meet unless you listen to this podcast. She's super creative. She's super interesting. She's had quite the story in her life. And she's a woman in a field that has traditionally been thought of as male-oriented. Lots of guys getting tattoos, and more uh, importantly, lots of guys giving tattoos. It had not been an industry where women were particularly welcome, uh, and she found her way in and still finds her way in. And obviously it was not the easiest of times, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things. Um, and I hope you'll find her as interesting as I do. Uh, you know what else is interesting? How good Abe's muffins are. Abe's muffins uh, don't have any crap in them. There's no allergic stuff in them. They're great for kids who you're worried about giving them something that's going to make them break out or stop breathing. You don't have to worry about that kind of thing with Abe's muffins. Um, and they are so delicious, you'll want to eat them too. And they come in great flavors, chocolate chip, lemon poppy, uh, blueberry. They also have coffee cake, uh, cornbread, and now new brownies that are amazing. So check out Abe's Muffins. Um, if you have any questions about Abe's Muffins or this podcast or anybody who's been on it or me, you can go to the website, isthatreallylegal.com, and leave me a note. Uh, and we'll get back to you or we'll give you information or we'll talk on the podcast about whatever it is you're asking us about. Um, in the meantime, let's meet Ellen Murphy and hear what she has to say. Welcome, Ellen Murphy. To Thank is you. That, is that really legal with Eric? <laughs> I don't know, is it? <laughs> <laughs> So, you tell me. <laughs> right. I, I thought it would be really cool to have you on, first of all, as I said, just because we're friends mm -hmm. and it's a great excuse to talk to you. Yeah. I, I also, I need more dog barking in the background of every I'm podcast. I'm so sorry. Don't worry. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. It's funny. No. <laughs> I've had, so my wife, Holly, because we're doing all of these during the pandemic, I'm recording yeah. out of my second bedroom in our Brooklyn apartment. Yeah. And Holly will sometimes have a sneezing fit. And there's just, <laughs> oh. it will not, it's, I love her deeply and you can hear her sneezes on Mars. It's just the way I, it is. Yeah. So. That's like my mom's snores. Uh, when I, when I left my mom's house, when I moved out in my like, you know, early twenties, I remember I missed her snoring through the wall, but what it's a great, like to get used to it. <laughs> what a great opportunity to start at the beginning. So you grew up in the greater Boston area, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm from Newton, originally from West Newton, which is like right against the border of Waltham. Um, What's interesting about Newton, for people who don't know, beside the fact that yes, the Fig Newton is named after Newton, Massachusetts. It is, they have a Fig is. Newton festival. <laughs> right, I know more useless shit, excuse me, useless things. Stuff, yeah. Um, things, stuff, minutia. Um, but also <laughs> there are, 
what's interesting about it is there are obviously some famous people from Newton, like Tim, uh, oh my God, Jim, rather, Jim Krakowski, is that his name? From Yeah, the, the guys from The Office are both from Newton, and so is um, Joey from Friends. Uh, John, Matt LeBlanc is from Newton. Right. Uh, he went to high school. He went to my high school. There are a lot of people went to Newton North High School that became like famous actors and things like that, yeah. Why do you think that is, by the way? I think they have a great drama program, one. Uh, Newton school systems are really amazing. Um, they're even more amazing now than they used to be, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, they, 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 have great, they have great programs for people. Um, it's a very, uh, how to, it's well-funded school. I mean, the property taxes in Newton are through the roof for a reason. You know what I mean? Well, it's interesting. You know, Newton is one of those communities close to Boston, half hour drive, I'm going to guess. Um, yep. And it's populated by sort of upper middle class, you know, the parents are doctors, lawyers. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a mix for sure. Oh, is it more? Well, it's, 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 the most, it's the most affluent suburb outside of Boston. It's 18 square miles. It's the closest most easily accessible commuter city outside of Boston to live in. So you've got like, yeah, you've got a lot of people who are definitely doctors and lawyers, but you've also got everything else too, which is great. And 14 it, villages. That's the other thing people don't realize there is no just Newton. There's yeah. West Newton and Wabin and Newton oh. Upper Falls, Newton's uh, like I'm from West Newton. There's a uh, Auburndale, there's the lake, which is Nonantum, which is the Italian, Italian Irish section that's got its own carny language. Like that's kind of near where I'm from too. Um, West yeah, Newton had the lake. great cinema there. West Newton oh, had, yeah. really, uh, had a really yeah. big cinema that, that they made into small theaters. It's been yeah, a long time since I've been there. Yeah, my sister worked there. They, they, they kept it pretty much about the same. It was like an old timey cinema down the street from where I grew up that she uh, used to like show movies at. It was great. For reasons I won't go into right now, I'm very familiar with Newton. Uh, but that's, which is, it, it's not about me right now, it's about you. So <laughs> what, what was it, when you're in high school, were you thinking art? Or as you might say in the greater Boston area, at? <laughs> oh, at. Oh, you mean at. <laughs> I was well, always an artist. Yeah. In high school, I actually dropped out of art class because I flunked it <laughs> because they that, wanted me to do so much homework. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you guys got to be kidding me. So I just decided to skip my entire sophomore year because they wouldn't let me skip a grade because I had like so many credits for my junior year. And then I just went to the gym and watched Black Blocks Cable which is not legal all day. And uh, I only showed up to school to say hi to my friends and to do step aerobics. And then I came back junior year. I think the statute of limitations has passed <laughs> on the black box cable situation. That's, a, that's what I'm saying. I feel like the feds can't get me now. It we wasn't my black box. <laughs> we're not going to say where you are though, just to be safe. Okay. You're somewhere in Northern California. Um, yeah, I'm somewhere in Northern California, maybe. <laughs> so, you, so you, when you ultimately graduated high school, did you like have a plan? Uh, yeah, I did. I was already working at CVS. I got fired. No, I quit because they, they cut my hours. And then I went directly into the city because I wanted to be an, a tattooer. And I was like, I'm going to go work with a bunch of freaks. So I started working at Urban Outfitters because I knew that all the freaks worked there. And I would meet people who had tattoos. And by freaks, I mean people like me. Um, well, well wait, so just so we're clear, cause <laughs> I, not to be overly uh, old white guy, 
freak <laughs> is a term of art really yeah i think so and non-conforming like, person non-conforming like to me at the time i was like whenever i used to go in there when i was younger in harvard square like that was the counterculture place there was a few other places too around boston to be fair but like i was like every time i go in there everyone's dressed however they feel like dressing they're they listen to cool music they have tattoos they seem like the kind of people that i'm trying to get to know so i was like oh so oh hey so i was like i'm gonna go get a job there um, and they hired me and I worked there for about two or three years. And then uh, that's how I actually ended up figuring out, like meeting people and, you know, getting into tattooing and all that. But yeah, I had a five-year plan and I told it to my friend when I interviewed. I was like, in five years, I'm going to be a tattooer. And that's exactly what happened. So it was like goal-oriented. Well, it's very <laughs> interesting because it's such a different path than mine. I'm not trying yeah. to be a wise ass. It's just like, no, no. I knew I was going to college and then some kind of grad school. And anything I know about tattooing, I learned much later in life through either terrible reality programs or, oh, yeah. or literally speaking with people like you about yeah. their experience. And uh, it's not like you can say, all right, I'm going to Mass School of Art. I mean, you could go to the Mass School of Art, but you couldn't could say, and, but you wouldn't say my whole point of doing this is to be a tattoo artist. They yeah. probably would look down upon that or at least they wouldn't say we're going to design a curriculum for you to learn how to yeah. ink skin. There was right? no curriculum for that because there just wouldn't have been, especially in Massachusetts. I mean, it had just been legalized in 2001. So my family wanted me to go to art school, but what I've noticed from watching my, my parents go to college in their late thirties, forties was that, they didn't even use their degrees and they did they ended up going back into the workforce and i feel like i just noticed i was like i don't have to go to school to do what i want to do i have to apprentice but it's a different kind of schooling you have to like hang around ask people questions like you have to know people and i ended up doing that i ended up kind of like just getting in where i would fit in to find them. and that was like that was my idea of college because that was my goal well what's interesting to me is that in days of yore, in, in, in a different time, <laughs> in a different time, you know, a lot of people didn't go to college, like very few people went yeah. to college, but there were Expensive. amazing, well, yeah, and there were amazing <laughs> apprenticeship operations for yeah. people who were known as yeah. artisans and craftspeople. Yeah. Trades, trade schools, like even in my, um, my special education program I was in in high school towards the end, they had, we did technical vocation. We took electric, we took, um, graphic design we took all those classes because they were like we want to give you guys like actual tangible skills because you might be those kind of people and i feel like that was a really great idea because not everybody's going to school for you know to be a doctor or a lawyer well it's in, well i'm like talking back to like the 15 and 1600s oh, okay or, okay and also by the way modern day like europe where i've uh seen there are people who want to be let's just say dealing in the automotive world they don't yep. bother going to traditional school, but they're on a multi-year, uh, very precisely designed program for them to apprentice to people and do those kind of things. It feels like for some people that is just, you know, it certainly served you well. The only yeah. problem is I think that, and we'll get into this, being a woman and uh, navigating these waters where there's no clear program. It's very much made by people as you go along, right? 
Yeah, for the most part it is. I mean, at least for tattooing, I can definitely say that um, I have, they, they had given me, they wanted to, they wanted there to be a clear program, but they came from an old school way of doing it. Um, so they set up a guideline, the guys who I apprenticed under, um, there were, there was like one primary dude and then two other dudes who were kind of like helpful. They were all from the same area in Michigan, but they were working and living in Boston. Um, anyhow, so yeah, there was a guideline, but it, it went all over the place and it ended you know, like, because it's not an actual like accredited school, it's like things just go awry. Like, you know, they, we, people do their best, but when there's no pressure from an institution and you're, it's a tattoo shop, it's like. Right. I mean, I mean you, there are laws and we can talk about that in terms of health and safety in, in a lot of yeah. them when it comes to tattoo, but, but there's oh, not, totally. it's not the same as certain types of schools have to be accredited by all these different boards and nobody comes in and goes hey are you teaching people the best way to shade gray or like i don't know yeah or, or i don't know even what i mean it was like the the bloodborne pathogen stuff all that you know anything that had to do with medical stuff and like uh, the board of health yes that was very regimented the hours logged for my apprenticeship that was you know, like I had to have certain things checked off boxes, but, but yeah, there was at the time they did have me send in 10 pictures of my work to this guy who, the guy who actually ran it back then was great. The board of health guy in Cambridge, um, this guy, Jason, and he, he would check out the work and, and, you know, just kind of look at it and be like, this person should or should not be on a professional level. You know, I had an apprentice license first and then a, another license, uh, like a, a professional license about three years in, maybe two, three years in. Um, but yeah, like they, they, you know, they can't be like, you're good enough artistically. I mean, <laughs> that's subjective. <laughs> they could only say like, you're digging holes in people or you're not, you know, and that, right. I mean, at least there's that because in a lot of states, they don't have that. Well, I'm sure they, they would say you had three people in a row who complained that you completely screwed up their tattoo. We need to have a conversation. Yeah. And like, there were definitely times where like a client would be like, this is too light or this blew out, like this line blew out or something when I was newer. And so I would fix it or they wouldn't be comfortable with me fixing it. So the people who I apprenticed for, they would fix it and they would talk to me about it. Um, and I think that's very common uh, because you're, and they know to be fair too, when you're going and getting a tattoo from an apprentice, at least with me, they knew, like they were told, they're like, this person's newer. So are you okay with that? Right. It was never like a, you know, because that's, yeah, that's where like legality steps in and it's like, well. <laughs> I mean, when I, when I met you and just so everybody's clear about this, I have seven tattoos, six of which you put on my body. And by the way, that shows in a weird way how few I have, because I know how many I have. I, if I ask, right, like, like there, you get to a certain point and I guarantee you, you don't know how many tattoos you have. I have no idea, but to be fair, they run together after a while. So it's kind of like Quicksilver, you know, it's like mercurial, right. but yeah, when you have, when you're not like, I feel like too, like, because I'm so enveloped in it, in the culture that it's like almost impossible, even as a person who's hardly tattooed for a person who's been getting tattooed since 97, right? not have more than you can count. But for yourself, it's like, you've got other things going on. <laughs> well, that's that's fine, but I, I don't want to give people the wrong impression. Yeah. You are not covered head to toe, but you no. have a significant amount of tattoos. I do, but I'm but from the Boston area. <laughs> you don't do that right away. <laughs> well, here's here's the other thing. Um, 
I, as a consumer or someone who wants to get tattooed, I would not be comfortable getting a tattoo from someone who doesn't have any tattoos. Yeah, I wouldn't right? either. It's like, <laughs> it's like working out with somebody like, you're my trainer and yeah. you're eating yeah. a donut and frankly, yeah. I'm in better shape than you. That yeah. makes me nervous, right? So yeah, is do it, as I say, not as I do does not work in certain situations I feel there was I remember once on like an ink show one of those cat shows there was this lady who had no tattoos doing tattoos and I remember being like younger a lot more hot-headed and being like irate I was just like who is this b-i-t-c-h and then I was like you know I mean it's not my place to tell people how to live their life but if it were me I'd be like don't touch me you don't have any you don't even know what you're doing to people how can you do what you're doing without even having it like you refuse to participate, meaning you think you're above it. Like it makes you feel all those feelings. Right. It's like, like a chef who doesn't taste their food. Totally. It's, it's totally. <laughs> like I, 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 it took me, it was only fairly recently in my life where I learned you have to taste it before you put it on the table. I became yeah. a much better cook when I did that. It's yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> like being a vegan now, like I wouldn't even d- dare cook meat for someone because I, like I don't really know how it's gonna taste. Like I, I'm not gonna touch it. I'm not gonna eat it. You know, it's like there's certain things you just can't dip your toe in that pool if you're not if you're not filling it up. I don't know if you're not contributing. It's like what are you doing there? Right, right, right. And you know, you and I, I think it's what's really fun about being your friend from my point of view. One of the things that's really fun about it is. I can't think of two people who are more different, really. I, I mean, yeah, I was a vegetarian. I, I was a vegetarian a long time <laughs> yeah. ago, but that's like, I, I, I mean, I, first of all, you're like five feet tall. You're five, uh, two. five sorry. Well, look, <laughs> at six, three for me, it's I like know. everybody okay. down there. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, you grew up with uh, an Irish, I'm assuming Catholic background. Yeah, like Irish, Italian, Catholic, for the most know, part. Jewy McJewerson from Long Island. Yep. Uh, it was assumed. It was assumed I would get a graduate degree of some kind, and if I didn't, I was a failure. Yeah. Um, and, but but what I find really interesting, and like I said, you have a significant amount more tattoos than I do. Sure. Um, but what I love is that neither of us particularly cares about any. of I'm saying it now for the audience, but neither of us yeah, cares. Yeah. Like, you don't look at me and think he needs more tattoos. No, I don't. That's not my place. I mean, <laughs> like, if you were like, I want a tattoo, I'd be like, well, let's talk, you know, let's talk about that. But yeah, right. like, I have, right. I have friends who have no tattoos, and I never even think about it. Right. It's, I, I, yeah. It's, <laughs> right. Like, there are people who will, I'm sure there are people I know who do not like classical music, but it just doesn't come up, nor would I say you need yeah. to come to the symphony like that's yeah. right i think but, when i was younger i would have been like you got to do this thing but now i just don't i have no i don't who cares like well, really that, important. and i think that's part of the thing that we do have in common is that we are not about <laughs> telling other people how to live their lives and that's we would true. like them conversely to not tell us how to live our lives yes that's true it's very golden rule it's like you know um i my friends are people who are very, very open-minded people. Um, and that's the kind of people who I keep close to me. Whereas like you would assume, I think some people, not you, but some people would assume that you'd want people who look just like you, talk just like you, do exactly what you do. But I don't really 
I feel like now that I'm like getting, you know, I get older and older, I'm like, I don't really think that's the thing. No, I have to agree with you. I mean, on one level, I do feel that because of the way our world is right now, politically, mm -hmm. I, there are some people I just don't want in my life. And I There's, feel like yeah. that's, that's, that's been a hard thing for me. I don't know. Has that been a hard thing for you? Absolutely. I'm, I feel like that is on par with what we're talking about, which is like what kind of people people are in a, in a manner of uh, like altruism and uh, really thinking about the bigger picture for everyone. And I think those are things that um, are more important than classical music. And you know what I mean? Do you have any tattoos? It's like, did you vote for the guy who's dismantling all the things put in place to keep people uh alive <laughs> and alive and ha and like you know are you do you uh not wear a mask because you just don't give a fuck you know like is that like you know these are just basic human things like you know like i will do this for you because this makes everybody safe and happy and well you know it's like these people are just like i want my gun and i want and i want to kill you all because i don't give a shit you know it's like i don't want i can't i just can't like it's hard. yeah i have it's very funny i am a thoughtful i look i'm just gonna say it it's gonna sound <laughs> arrogant i'm a thoughtful intelligent person with a whole lot of book learning and i can sure. make a cogent argument against certain things but there comes a point when a high school friend on facebook says something and I don't want to have to lawyer them. I don't want to yeah. have to. I just, I just need to unfriend them. Me too. And it takes me sad. But <laughs> when you left I Facebook, like, you came back. But you and I are now just like, I just want to show yeah. pictures of cats. That's totally. Funny. I just left again. I just. Left oh, you did, I didn't like, notice. I'm sorry. I took a break. I was like, I was so tired of um, uh, didacting and having to explain to certain people from high school specifically that I was like, you know, some people I had great conversations and it was very thoughtful, but some people it was that whole like, here's my wall, I'm a racist, here's my wall, I'm this. Um, mm. And then they started throwing insults and I was like, you know, I feel like this isn't going anywhere and I'm going to block them now and right. I'm just gonna unfriend them. And I was like, wow, that's three people in three days. And that's like, that's more than I like to, you know, one is too many. And I remember I had problems like that with some of my family members years ago when, when it was first like time to vote for Trump, you know, and I remember an uncle of mine like wanted to flaunt that. And, uh, especially, and what was funny, it was that I'm going to, I'll tell I'll tell you the story because I think it's hilarious. My uncle who I don't really talk to, uh, and I think he's a good person, but like, I think he's a little confused, you know, like, you know what I mean? And, uh, and by good person, I mean like he was nice to me when I was a kid. So he was like he, at my grandmother's funeral he'd be like hey i uh, voted for trump and i was like i i still love you and i gave him a hug because i was just like are you kidding me like who says that and who does that like at the funeral yeah because he saw that i was like live very liberal on facebook at the time when i had my old account and he wanted to goad me and i was like this is a perfect time for this and, my at your grandmother's funeral well to, yes and to be fair it is a perfect time because the comedic timing is amazing like that's my point like this is so New England. It's like it's so New England to start that kind of BS. In a few well, I think I think the only thing that would have really sold that is if he then placed a red MAGA hat on your head. <laughs> See, that fair, would be comedy gold. 
he would have if he had had one on the, you know, uh, on hand. And I, and honestly, if he had done that, I would have just laughed so hard and been like, wow, this is awesome. And I love, I love my family. It doesn't, you know, there's like love and there's like, right. I love it and like a lot of my family members, but there's a few of them I have to keep at arm's length. And it's just like what's happening now with a lot more people. It's like, all right, this guy's been in office for four years and now we're starting to see some stuff. <laughs> like, you know, the yeah. COVID thing has really like opened up the pit so to speak. Yeah, it's like, for me, for all those people who wanted to get rid of government, I'm, I feel like saying, this is the whole point of government, yeah. is so that a whole lot of people don't die. No, I'm very fortunate, I have a lot of friends yeah. in Europe, okay. and I specifically have a friend in Cologne who's back at work, so Cologne, Germany, which is a, okay. a decent sized city, it's not the biggest, yeah. probably in the top five, I don't know. Have you been to Cologne, by the way? No, I've actually never been to Germany outside the airport, unfortunately. I'd oh. love to go, but well, yeah, anyway. You, I think you'd like Hamburg and you'd like Berlin, but... Oh, totally. And, yeah. and Cologne's beautiful, too. Uh, don't, don't write me, Cologne. <laughs> I, I definitely <laughs> believe I would like Germany a lot. Yeah. So anyway, my, my point is, like, they're going back to work because, you know, the government is... Like, their prime minister is actually a scientist, and their government yes. believes in science and yes. they, for better or worse, and I know this is going to come out as a bad joke, they're good at all following <laughs> in the line. No, they, yeah, but, I, I get it. I, I, but, I, but anyway, they, most people were really good at that. You know, same with my Swiss friends and Italian friends and, yes. you know, French friends and um, all of that. And, you know, New York, yeah. where I live, yeah. for the most part, we listened and really, for the most part, we shrunk what was a horrific situation. You have to remember, New York is a very tight, dense yes. city with a lot of pockets of uh, poor people or, and uh, this could be like five shows, but we were able to do the things we need to do. I was on the subway today. I went into my office to do something. I wore a mask. There were, we were all socially distanced. It was spotless. You could have eaten off the yeah. floor of that subway car. So we're all doing totally. what we need to do. But we live in a country with other states like Florida and Texas yeah. and Arizona. And yeah. it's just a different vibe. I don't know how I got here. I'm sorry, Ellen, let's go back to you. Well, I was thinking, you know, when you're talking about this, like it, I've been thinking about this actually all morning because it's like, this is, I mean, this is what's on everyone's mind. It's like the, the whole of Europe being governed country by country is so much easier than the whole of America being governed as one big sloppy mess. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's just a big sloppy mess. It's so you can't govern a place this big, this well, unless you have like some pretty intense, uh, well, leadership, some good leader, like really some great leadership. You have to be able to stir this many people into doing the right thing. Whereas like, you know, Italy's small, Germany's small, you know, you can do that, I think a little bit easier. Right, right. Um, no, no question about it. I, I do want to get back a little more toward you okay, and, okay. and ask you some stuff because one of the things I talked about on my podcast is I want to have voices that don't get heard a ton. You know, sure. I can have plenty of old white guys come and talk about law. <laughs> I have to guess that being a woman in a tattoo world, I, I, and I've only 
myself brush <laughs> up against that world. I've only been tattooed by women, by the way. Yeah, and okay. the, the, and uh, you and one other woman. And okay. I, on a certain level, quite honestly, I'm that guy, and you've known me for a while, most of my friends are women. Yeah. And I feel there's a, even from my vantage point, tattooing can really feel like a very macho world where when I walk in, I feel, I feel like the lady man getting my tattoos, you know? Yeah, totally. I feel like the man lady. Like that's, <laughs> I've always felt the like same but opposite where I like, I like always have to be pretty, pretty masculine in order to be, be present. You know, I feel like it's not about competition. I think that's the thing now that I, I'd like to put out there is like, we don't have to compete with each other. We just like make space for each other. Well, you know what, as you say that, I, I, I don't know if I'm gonna put this in the intro so people might've already heard this. Besides being a tattoo artist and a thoughtful human being, you also post a lot about being well in yourself and promoting mm -hmm. wellness in other people. I've seen mm -hmm. you do some yoga things online under a different Instagram than your tattooing personal one. Um, what's the name of that Instagram again? Cause uh, I forgot. It's how I stay healthy. That's awesome. And, <laughs> and that's open to people, right? It's not a closed. Oh yeah. It's an open account. It's, it's an accountability account that I started for myself to, to be open just uh, with people that might be like-minded about keeping yourself together, like health-wise in you know, your mind, your body, your spirit, all that stuff. And how timely right now, because when I look at it, I, I see like a lot of people are stressed out of their minds, um, most often because they're doing things to themselves or grabbing things from outside themselves and bringing in these stressful things. And an alternative yeah. is to see, oh, I can do some of these exercises. I can think about my breathing. I can think about what I'm putting in my body. I mean, yeah. that's, that's really, and, and it's not as though, and I appreciate about this, this about you. You're not saying you need to be a vegan because non-vegans suck. That's not your vibe. No, no, um, <laughs> uh, but I think it's great to give people choices. Yeah, I like to just show people what I'm up to and give them options for sure. And I think that what's happened is over the years being who I am in general, because I'm sure when I met you, I was probably like, you should try this and you should try this because I get so excited. And that's what I love about tattooing too, is just talking to people. And I think that half of what I love about tattooing is like meeting people who I can just like uh, get along with and, and give like information to and pass back and forth information that we're both interested in, be it health or you know, music or whatever. But um, when it comes to health, I've always been like that. So uh, what were you just talking about? I just, I well, took this moving train. I was just on and I went, <laughs> I just lost it. <laughs> well, you, I, I was going to say that I love your enthusiasm um, and that you're, you're individual, but not completely unique. You know, I interviewed oh. another friend of mine who you may know, Alex Jameson, who yeah. was known for being sort of the hero for, or heroin, for many vegans for a long time. And she stopped being vegan. And yeah. she talked to, she never told people to stop being vegan. But what's so funny is she got a lot of blowback from people. Yeah. And it's a just very, the human dynamic is a fascinating thing. Oh, I yeah. Mean, I mean, labels are limiting. So I feel like when you've labeled yourself and you're part of a movement, if you want to change, there's definitely going to be some issue with a lot of people who are like, oh, my God, you were my 
you are my light. Well, how do, what do I follow now? You know, it's like they get mad at you or something, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, and that definitely happened for her. And um, she and her husband, Bob, wrote a book. And uh, that podcast probably all the, is probably going to air before this one. Yeah. Um, okay. I saw that book, by the way, because I follow her. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. I think you guys would like each other a lot if you met yeah, her. Yeah, well, I like her. I like her stuff, so probably. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. And someday when we're all able to hang out together, I'll, <laughs> I'll have you guys meet each other in person. It'll be great. Cool. I, I, you know, I love my friends meeting each other. Um, That's mutual. Yeah. I, I'm curious about, so in that world, in the world of taking care of yourself and being mindful, for lack of a better term, it feels mm. like it's totally okay to be a woman. Um, I think so because it's a what more woman I think in terms of male female like women are nurturing they you know naturally gravitate like and also women are sensitive in a more physical way um, so it's more important not a more important but it's like something women have to pay attention to uh, is that they tend to degrade in certain ways quicker than men, you know, and like men are just as sensitive, but obviously in other polarities, like other ways. So um, not that but I think men are able to push through physical things a little easier because of their phys physicality in general, like the way that their body is set up. So like, I feel it, there's a lot of ways I could explain this, but in general, women are just like, you know, more into the healing thing, mm. or at least people who are more in their feminine, I should say, because it's not just women. I think it's people who are more in their feminine, but when the masculine is definitely not as much in that arena. I think the internal plumbing issue for women, and I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but I think yeah. the internal plumbing thing is just makes life very different than uh, life is for men. I think Absolutely. the women I know can handle pain way more than I can. Um, yeah. When I found out when I was younger what women uh, deal with on a regular basis, we'll call it, I was like, wow, I dodged a bullet, my friend. Yeah. I was I like, how does that happen? I feel like men have totally different bullets they have to dodge, you know? And it's like, uh -huh. it is true though. It's like every month, for the most part, your body goes, what's up? And you're like, ah, you know, so you got to like figure that out. And like, you know, and if you don't figure that out, you're in trouble. So women better talk to each other about how to take care of themselves. Right. And guys, like, <laughs> you know, guys can talk about, oh, I go through monthly things or I have like, yeah, guys, yeah. shut up. You have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what? I was like, I cut. I cut my yeah. finger and there's some blood on the floor and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. And my, you know, my wife laughs at me. Yeah, isn't that adorable? Yeah. Well, it's cute. I mean, but to be fair, like men do have like a cycle. It's just not the same. And it's like, right. it's birth like and death. That's the men's cycle. I know. Come on, Eric. <laughs> no, Give yourself a you... little credit. Okay. Well, what do you, what would you, how would you describe the men's cycle? Like there's a mental, physical thing too, but it's just different. I feel like I know a lot of guys that definitely go into their stasis, you know, and they have like to work through their things too. It's just not, they're not bleeding. That's, that's the, you know, there's well, just some different stuff. <laughs> you know what, what's interesting is what I flashed on is I remember a time when I was going through some heavy duty stuff. I was ending a uh, marriage and I was dating and my dating profile was pretty wide open. Yeah. And, and I had no one to talk to about it. And I actually think I was on a date or going to a dating 
Harvard Square. I don't remember all the details, oh. but I remember like hanging out with you either before or oh, after. Yeah. Does that ring a bell? I, I totally remember that, like loosely. And, and, I, and you were so, like I had a little bit of a strange experience on this day. And then I basically was like, can we get a coffee or something? And I remember you walking to me to my car and and basically you were like, I don't know how our age difference is. I know I'm older than you, but you were like totally big sister to me in that moment. And you were like, dude, there's nothing wrong with you. This other person, I don't know what their deal is, but you keep being you. However that turns out, I like it. You know what I mean? That, yeah. Is that, and, and by the way, if I'm completely making this up, let me know, but that's no, my memory. I, I, it sounds like, it sounds like what happened. And I, I, I still feel that way. I'm like, you know, that's how I feel about myself. Right. I'm like, <laughs> you gotta be you, you know? So it's like when people start to like blossom, it's painful for them, I think. You know, it was painful for you, I think. I think it was painful for me. Um, and I had people like like that too, being like, hey, you know, it's cool. Just like, you know, just keep your head on, just be you, you know? And I think that that's important for for support systems, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I don't know, you've always been really honest about who you are and I've always appreciated that. Oh, thank you. You know, I have great teachers, two, two of whom, uh, Ariel and Shai Kane, that I do a lot of seminars and stuff with and wrote some things for them and read a lot of things by them. And um, one of the things they say that I love is that if you can't be yourself in a relationship, you don't have a relationship. Yeah, you have a situationship. <laughs> Yeah, which is like a totally other thing. And by the way, no one will see your face because this is not a video podcast. Oh, good. But that landed like your face told a story. <laughs> I think yeah. you and I have both been in situationships more than a few times. Yes, Certain... I... yes. <laughs> I have met many of them, but to be fair, they are all worth it because they taught me a very good lesson. Well, yeah, I, and what's interesting is I'm not a fan of the word mistake, you know, oh, I yeah, mean, no. I, I think that we absolutely have the life we're supposed to have. Yeah. So, I mean, um, some mistakes are not mistakes, but some acts are accident, but like, you know, just some things you do that you're like, oh boy, you know, they're a bummer. Maybe. I, yeah, I got a PhD in never again. <laughs> Yeah, me too. <laughs> I love what my dad always says. He's like a PhD, a, B, a BS, like a bachelor's in science is like a, your bullshit. And then the PhD is piled high and deep. <laughs> yeah. So I always like really appreciate the idea of a PhD because it's like, yeah, piled high and deep, you know? Oh, for sure. <laughs> so, so speaking of tattooing and uh -huh. law, going back to that, um, You've traveled a ton for work, but you also, I, one of the things I admired about you is that um, you decided to educate yourself about tattooing also, and not in the traditional sense of like, oh, I'll work for these people, then I'll go here, and then I'll watch these TV shows or whatever. I know you've yeah. made several trips to Japan. Yeah, totally. Um, what, can sure. <laughs> what was that like for you? I mean, what, why was that? And how does that yeah. work in your art? That was, uh, wow. Okay. So I was in a relationship for like three years. And in 2010, I, I got to a point where I'd been basically just like going through the motions in life. You know, I was a tattooer for a while. I think I was tattooing at that point for about six years and 
I worked nonstop. I had no breaks. I was mentally and physically just like exhausted. And I really didn't like feel connected to what I was doing. I was just doing it. So my friend who I worked with was like going to Japan. Uh, he went, had gone to Japan uh, with this, uh, this woman who was offering like not tours. I wouldn't even call them tours. It would, she was like, um, she was translating um, she she ran a publishing company for um, tattoo books out of Japan. She's mm. from America. Um, and she was like just putting together these small groups of tattooers um, and showing them around these places that were like, we were, it was amazing. She like gave us time to, you know, go do our thing for sure. But we got taken to like lots of temples. We got, we met a lot of Japanese tattooers. We got tattooed. Um, we were privy to lots of like experiences. We probably wouldn't have, been privy to if we hadn't had some guidance um and so that opened up my eyes a lot too why why japanese tattooing is so important to a lot of people because that's one of the places where it originally like comes from as an art form uh the way it is uh, like um yeah, there's like tabori um and then you know there's also new zealand uh, uh you know there's right. one of them too which i haven't been to but you're talking about the maori people and yeah it's totally so it's Got like it. part of their culture it's a big part of their culture and i was like entrenched in it i spent almost a month there the first time and i just like it was a great relief for me not only because i like all the like i couldn't even understand what people were saying it was great i couldn't hear it was like white noise like everything was just like lovely and everything was beautiful and the food was amazing the people were very welcoming and um I had a lot of fun and when I came back I felt different for sure and I think that's how it is when you travel you know you know like when you travel yeah. you just like whoa you get the top blown off what you think is reality you know it's um, funny I, I find that even though my purposes of traveling are different than yours in general I one of the things I did that really impacted me is I spent two weeks in Sicily oh and yeah I, oh, I ate like a maniac <laughs> <laughs> which was part of yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Lots of clams, I bet, or like mussels. Or... Believe it or not, like one of the highlights was going to a sheep farm and having the ricotta that was just made. And they oh. did their own sun-dried tomatoes. And they had cannolis, <laughs> like cannolis that basically, I think Jesus was in the kitchen and made them himself. Uh, oh, Eric, I'm so jealous <laughs> or envious because I... Um... I'm I'm Sicilian and I'm I don't know if I'll ever be able to have one ever again because of my like gluten stuff you know oh, because yeah, I'm yeah. vegan now so I'm just like you did that <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you pictures and we can talk about it maybe we can find something by I'll the way a picture of a cannoli every once in a while from Sicily <laughs> <laughs> well what's interesting by the way is this gives me an opportunity to throw in the middle of our conversation a little plug for my sponsor oh. Abe's Abe's muffins which are vegan. Oh, cool. And, um, and gluten-free, and I think some of them are gluten-free and uh, allergen-free, and they have these brownies. I'm not kidding. Uh, you should check it out, Abe's Muffins. I think I've um, seen them, but yes, I will, because I'm always looking for things I can eat. <laughs> right, and, and I maybe, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, it's like sweet and I'm like a vegan, like I'm only going to have seitan and tofu and like, you know what? <laughs> God, you no. can have a chocolate chip muffin, okay? You I'm can. coming there. Yeah, so anyway, all right. Enough, <laughs> enough, with, the, enough with the chocolate chips. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Marty, you're welcome. Marty, who uh, is one of the owners of Abe's Muffins. Thanks, Marty. Yeah. Um, I... <laughs> In all of this, in all of your travel and all your tattooing, 
and, and talking about how, you know, it, you run into a lot of stuff about gender and expectations. I, I know that the law is sometimes supposed to be on your side and helpful, and sometimes it's the least helpful thing for, for people. Have you had any experiences like that in, in everything we talked about where you're like, thank God I had this kind of thing to back me, or oh crap, dealing with the law was law was more dealing with the law was just one more problem to deal with? Like I think curious. it's mostly been one more problem. Well, it's a, probably both. I mean, this the thing is like when it comes to the board of health stuff. Mm -hmm. And those laws in Cambridge, we had a lot of problems with them because there were people who were just coming by constantly and just making things very difficult in ways that didn't need to be difficult because they didn't know how to really regulate. They didn't really know what was important to regulate because they didn't really know the business very well. They were, um, that was difficult. Cause I remember once there was this man that kept coming through and he would like not inform us and try and just walk right in on a session. And I told him, I was like, you can't do that. Um, this person's paying me, this is their time and you need to wait. And then he would come in and he would tell me things like, if you, you know, when I come back here, you have to have these clear glass jars labeled or else you'll get a $300 fine. I'm like, so you need me to label these see-through jars. It felt like a Monty Python sketch. I was just like, you need me to label these see-through jars so that you can see what's in them and know what's in them too. Uh, you know, and like just make up all these arbitrary things so that he could fine us every time right. you know things like that so that's one little thing i mean when it comes to i don't know it's so hard there's so many i mean the law is such a prevalent thing in our society that like i could come up with so many different things to talk about so i'm kind of like a little bit <laughs> being oh. a gemini i'm like trying to <laughs> trying to figure out which one of these things to grab a hold of because there's like 50 of them in front of my eyes <laughs> what i think is interesting is you live in california uh, yeah. northern california and let's just talk about marijuana laws, for instance. Like, sure. um, it is completely legal to have marijuana in California. You just have to see a doctor to get a prescription for it, right? Or is that even the case know. anymore? I don't think that's the case anymore because I can buy it right down the street. And that same thing in Oregon. When I lived in Oregon, it was like you could just buy. I mean, for a minute, it was not legal that way. But then now right. it's just all, it's more expensive out here for sure. But this is the Bay Area. But it's like that like you know Oregon it's like you can't spit without hitting a dispensary and they it's like a 7-eleven everywhere you go and here right. there's there's probably like three that I could think of that are within like walking or like driving distance to me and yeah it's pretty um it's pretty legal it's, I mean I think it's great personally because it makes all the you know makes all the drug use for things that aren't good for people rates go down um and it helps people with their pain and things like that and i'm sure it helps people have a really good time too but that's neither here nor there <laughs> but uh yeah i mean that that is it, i never thought that i'd live in a world where this where this would be the case you know when we were all younger we were like nah they'll never legalize right. it well what i think is interesting is there's a paradox with you or my, i perceive a paradox you uh, i'm not going to ask you to confirm or deny Oh. I'm sure, I'm sure, like many people, you've smoked marijuana recreationally in your life. And I still but, do. <laughs> right. But, but I see you doing, yeah, but I see you doing <laughs> yoga stuff and talking mindfully yeah. and whatever. And so, and you're not in a haze and no, you're I not like blissed out. Right. So 
is it like anything else where some people are just like, that's their lifestyle. They literally get up and light up every day. I have friends who do that. Um, I have a lot, I know a lot of people who do it different ways. They eat, I used to actually personally eat it when I was taking more of it for like um, anxiety and pain and things like that. I would, mm -hmm. I would eat it because it would be easier to regulate. Right. Um, so I think a lot of people are on it that aren't, they're not high as a kite because they're taking like CBD because they don't want to be high or they're taking like a certain mixture or they're, they figured out their, their, like their, their, their script. Yeah. Their baseline. <laughs> exactly. Totally. And like, um, personally, I feel like for me, it's more of like, um, more like a recreational at night or if I'm painting or if I have a lot of like tension, I have physical stuff from tattooing and, and in general. Is if there are certain people who want to prevent people from doing things, there are. then I automatically am more interested in seeing what that's about. Cause I'm, a, I'm definitely a fan of, I'm more in favor of freedoms. Yeah. than stopping freedoms, but that's my personal bent. Um, and it feels to me, just as somebody who represents a lot of people in criminal cases, that it's an incredibly racist law. Um, yeah, and I'm definitely. not the only person saying that. There's plenty of studies about it. Uh, it's a great way to lock black people up. You know, yeah, it is a great legal. way to lock black people up and people who um, just in general need need to, you know, use something to relax them or I don't even know how to put it. Like, uh, uh, yes, it's a great way to enslave an entire culture, um, making something that is helpful to the, the, the human being in that culture illegal, you know, and, like creating laws that are just, you just can't get around. And I just want to really listen to David Gilmore solos. And, <laughs> and I just, that's all. Leave me alone in my apartment to do I that. Know. I know. I just want to. I made it watch, I just want to watch Queer Eye and <laughs> eat all the cookies. Like I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah, right. It's like, by the way, love Queer Eye. Like, me too. Love Queer. And what's interesting is I was nervous about the remake, and now that I watch it with my wife Holly, we're just waiting for when will Karamo make someone cry. Oh my God, I know. He's the I just, greatest cry creator. He is, but my favorite, um, I, th I, I can't say my favorite, but one of my favorites at the moment is Tam because he's like so pushy and I just love how he's like, no, that's wrong. Like you can't well, wear that. What's interesting is it shifts <laughs> for me, right? It's What shifts yeah. for me is at first I met Jonathan and I was like, that's too much. No, not in person. I mean, oh, just saying, oh, like, oh God, oh no, no. Well, what's funny is like, I'm like Mr. Open, accepting, love everybody. Then Jonathan yeah. goes on screen and like, you are way too much for me. <laughs> right? I love him. <laughs> well, but that changed. Now yeah. I can't remember who. Then I, I loved Anthony. Yes. You know, and because he's like crazy handsome and adorable oh, and all those so, things. Yeah, he's so soft-spoken. And earnest. Like there's yeah. nobody more earnest about an avocado than Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> Or some uh, pancetta or whatever uh, he's up to. Yeah. He loves pancetta. But the furniture guy now, the furnishing guy, I'm yeah. really feeling him a lot, which is very That's interesting. Mutual. Because I feel like in many ways he flies under the radar. Yeah, he does. It's so much so that I'm not remembering his name and people are going to now send me emails and, you know, chastise me. I'm going to wrap us up.
But oh, okay. what are you going to say? Oh, nothing. I was say? just thinking I couldn't remember his name either, which bums me out because I was just watching that show. Uh, uh, is there anything that you felt like, oh, you know what I really wanted to talk about, Eric, was my new album is dropping. No, or... Oh, my God, I wish. Uh, I think... I, I don't know if there's any specific topic other than uh, I think we all just could just use a lot more, um, a little, a little bit more kindness these days is all with each other. You know, uh, man, I, I, kindness is always number one for me. How would people follow you or get a hold of you? Cause I know, I mean, we, you will be tattooing again, or you certainly will, will be I mean, able to, how yes, can they uh, get in touch with you in a sane sure. way? Um, my, my Instagram is uh, my name. It's Ellen Marie Murphy. And then, um, you can also, uh, email me at Murph tattoos at gmail.com. I'm just, I'm all over the internet. It's easy to find me. Um, and do you do stuff? I, because I know you do yoga and you talk and you post a lot of things on the other Instagram account. Are you doing anything else for people these days as uh, work? Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm still running that. Well, I'm, I'm running the how I stay healthy account and I'm, I'm po just posting for the most part, a lot of content on there to, that people can take and use however they want. Um, but I would like to actually move forward a little bit more with that. So I'm, I'm working that out and I will let you know. That's I awesome. Wanna, I yeah. I don't want to be like, I got this thing going, but it's like still in the works. <laughs> well, this will please keep me posted. Cause I'd love to be a part of that. Awesome. Thank however you. that works. Ellen Murphy, you are a delight and um, I hope people get to go and look at your work online and get to see you too. Thank you so Aww. much for being on Is That Really Legal with Eric Rubin. Well, I love you, my friend. Thank you, Eric. Thanks nice to be here. <laughs> <Nice to laughs> here. Alright. Bye. Wasn't Ellen amazing? Uh, and not what you would expect to hear on any particular podcast necessarily. I love that. I love that I have so many different and interesting friends who are brilliant at what they do and who are interested in more than just a narrow band of life. So thanks. You'll find more people like that coming to visit me on Is That Really Legal? If you want to visit me uh, or if you want to ask me questions, please go to the website, isthatreallylegal.com. There's a place to leave comments, ask questions, etc. And uh, you can even ask me about Abe's muffins because they are so freaking great. They're good for you. They don't taste like the packaging they come in. They keep their promise of being good for you and tasting great. And uh, I hope I keep my promise in keeping you interested in things legal and not legal. Um, so please join me again. It's great to spend this time with you, and I look forward to talking with you soon.